Alright, hi everyone. So today I'm doing something a bit special. And Chris is just turning on his recorder. Okay, so um, like I said, I was going to interview uh, two of my friends from Coffee Chief. So we have Chris Pearson and we have Ben Henken. Did I pronounce that right? Yep. Alright, and um, we're going to find out more about how they transitioned into copywriting because everyone takes like completely different path into this profession and it's always such a cool story to to hear about and i'm excited to hear about their stories um chris why don't you introduce yourself first like what do you currently do yeah so my name's chris pearson um and right now i'm in a partnership in an agency uh we essentially help d2c e-com brands uh, make more sales with email and marketing what about you ben i have a similar path to chris uh my name is ben hankin uh, former teacher, similar to Tanya. Um, I currently work as an email list manager for uh, D2C e-com clients, as well as clients in the information space and ed tech space. Cool. So um, whoever wants to go first, um, how did you, you know, find out about copywriting and, you know, what was that journey like? So I uh, spent 12 years as an educator, was a math teacher, zero background in marketing, um, really zero idea of what digital marketing was and what it entailed and what the opportunities were um, until about two years ago um, after the pandemic happened and um, had an opportunity during the lockdown to spend additional time with both of my kids. Uh, my son was born in April 2020, uh, a month after the lockdown happened, uh, so after spending uh, five or six months uh, with them, started looking for other opportunities, what else I could do to, to kind of create some more freedom and flexibility in my work schedule. Um, as I was looking looking around, doing research, I was served up with a few YouTube ads, different um, money-making opportunity ads, and that was really my first entrance to the world of digital marketing. Spent a few more months just kind of researching, looking at different opportunities, and then um, found some other YouTube videos on copywriting and that kind of been it grabbed my attention and it's what really pulled me into into this space. What about you, Chris? Uh, copywriting um, was it was kind of a desperation move for me because I I've been in marketing since 2014 um, and uh, for about three years I was working in an agency and I wanted out. So uh, essentially what I did is I started looking around at like different ways to do marketing and sales. Um, I was primarily focused on branded marketing, and I wanted more of a direct response style, as I later found out what that was, because uh, I wanted to know if somebody clicked on something and bought something, then I could attribute it back to what I was doing, the efforts I was making. So um, I up and left a director role um, with no plan and just the, the urge to go do something other than work for a corporation. And um, yeah, I had ba maybe two months of savings and I just figured it out. I, I had to learn how to fly after I jumped. So uh, it was super scary, super nervous. And up until that point, I had spent about six months um, studying copywriting and just figuring out, okay, what is this direct response stuff? And that's essentially how I found it. Can I clarify like the chronology of events? So you're yeah. saying like you had two months of savings. Was that um, part of the six months where you're studying copywriting or af before, after? Yeah, so the, the two months was essentially just what I had in my bank account. So I had roughly two months of savings in my bank account, and I still, I just, with that, I was comfortable with leaving the job. 
and trying to figure it out. So looking back in hindsight, that was a really, really, really dumb, risky thing to do. Um, with the role that I had and the money I was making, I probably should have saved up more, but I was at a point where I, I had to do something um, because I was not happy where I was at all. So you spent about six months learning copywriting while you were still working. Yeah, I discovered copywriting because I started looking around. It was about six months, and I was like, okay, this, this seems like something I could do. It's, it's adjacent to what I was already doing. But, um, yeah, the transition period, it's, after I made the leap, it's been about two years to get my feet under me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, I probably should have waited, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I had about the same, same kind of run-up. Um, I spent about a, it was almost a year, my last year in education, really getting to know what copywriting was and what digital marketing was. It was really January of 2022 was when I really, really started learning, focused on email marketing at that point. Yeah. Um, and was doing for from January till June of that year, was really working three jobs between um, schoolwork, um, doing about 12 to 15 hours a week, learning copywriting, and then rest of the time with with family. Um, and then in June of 2022 was when I took my leap um, and just ended this full full time. Um, I we had about six months of savings yeah. at that point um, put away. Um, still risky, but with the, having the two kids at home and yep. yeah. family, that was it added, added even more kind of um, importance to actually figuring out how to make this work. But being being a math guy and a numbers guy, I'd run all the scenarios at that point. I knew, okay, if I made X <laughs> amount of money, I could make it till this date. If I made zero dollars, I could make it till this date. And, yeah. um, so that was that was definitely a leap going to okay, finish out the school year, and then I'm I'm going to do this. Yep. Figure out because when I when I made that leap, some of you I had I had one um, Upwork client that I was working mm-hmm. with at the time paying twenty five dollars an hour to write a couple of emails every once in a while. Yeah. So it was, just, it was just it was faith and a wing and a prayer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that I haven't really heard um, copywriters talk about. And there you know there's so many courses uh, teaching you how to start, how to become mm-hmm. one, but then we didn't talk about the financial aspect of it, yeah. right? Um, what would you, like looking back, would you do things any differently? This question's for Chris. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, probably not. Um, primarily because if I didn't have that push to go and figure it out, I probably wouldn't have done it. Because oh, okay. um, just as much as I was in pain in that job that I was in and, and just not liking it, um, that pain is what drove me to change something. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a quick start. I, I like to go and do things and figure it out as I go. I just naturally move that way. But, um, yeah, if I didn't have that pain, I, I probably would have gotten complacent. And I know that a lot of people around me who didn't leave who are still at that company, they're sitting there saying, I wish I would have done something because it's, it's getting pretty bad from what I've heard. But the from a finance standpoint, um, it's I had to face a really, really scary truth of I have to talk to people. <laughs> I have to talk to people. I have to ask them to trust me. I have to ask them to um, trust that I can figure out how to make them more money by giving me money. So that was like the main thing that I had to figure out as soon as I left that job is how do I start those conversations? How do I turn them into money? How do I help these people? So, yeah, finance, I I wouldn't have changed it, but um, I realize now, like, again, how risky and just how kind of crazy it was to do that. So I definitely want to circle back to the whole, you know, stepping out of a comfort zone and how to turn those conversations into money. Um, like for for Ben, like, what would you say to 
you know, all the copywriters who, because you, you also, you're working and studying copywriting at the same time, what would you say to them that could help? I know that it's not equal for everyone in terms of like finances and, you know, some of us, we, we have, you know, more privilege to, to quit the job sooner than others. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to someone who's kind of um, treading water and still in, like still in their full-time jobs and studying copywriting, um, what what do you what would you say to them to, I guess, encourage them, and what are some like practical things they could do to expedite the process? That's such a long-winded <laughs> question. Oh my god, what advice do you have for people who are transitioning? Yeah. That's all that meant. <laughs> um, so as far as encouragement goes, I think. You, you can look in so many different areas, in so many different arenas, and you can find examples of people that have made the switch, made the transition, and everybody's story is different. Um, my situation, my experience and background, and life circumstances are different than yours, Tanya, different than Chris's, different than other people that we know that have made a similar transition. Um, so just because your situation and circumstances are unique doesn't mean that you can't do the same thing. Um, so first and foremost, it's possible to do it. Um, secondly, as far as kind of practical things go, the first thing you have to do is look at your budget, right? If making that switch is something that's important to you, you've got to get in touch with your budget, how much you're making and how much you're spending and where you can cut back. Um, the having, having a safety net, and it's going to be dependent whether you need two months or three months or six months or what that's going to be, figure out what is it that, how much do you need to save to make that, how long is it going to take you, and if it's if you can only save a couple hundred dollars a month and start there, but start looking for ways that you can cut back on lifestyle um, expenses every month so that you can put money away so you can ultimately make the, the, the leap that you want to make. What sacrifices can you make today that will allow you to make that change in two months, six months, a year, and, and maybe it takes longer. Um, but in order to achieve something great, you've got to be able to make sacrifices in the short term. Um, and that's, for me, the biggest sacrifice was not money, because fortunately, not having planned for this, we, my wife and I still had a six-month emergency fund with two kids knowing that anything could happen. So that part was, having all that was fortunate on our account. The, the sacrifice that I had to make was that for six months, I was up at 4.30 every morning. And I worked for an hour on my business before I left for work at 5.30. And then I'd spend, from 5.30, I'd be home around 3.34, assuming I didn't have coverage. And I'd spend another hour continuing to work on my business before then um, making dinner and spending a little bit of time with family. So my sacrifice was for six months. I gave up a lot of family time with my kids, knowing that when June hit, I'd be able to recoup a lot of that time and I'd have a lot more time freedom back. So what sacrifices are you willing to make today for the next six months or the next year, whatever that's going to take to put you in a position where you can make the change you want to make. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Ben's perspective is super valuable because I, I, I cannot imagine like full-time job, parent of two kids, you know, so, and, and I know a lot of Copy Chief members um, definitely have kids and, and they mention like the juggling between the two. Um, I mean, for me, my, my sacrifice was, you know, just moving 
to to Tbilisi being far away from family because um, I mean long story short I, I just moved there because uh, I needed an easy way to be with my boyfriend during the pandemic and Tbilisi was the easiest place to go to and it also helped me save a lot of money so like like Ben mentioned right knowing your budget uh, cutting back on expenses so living in a place like that helped me to save on a lot of money I, I don't think I could have done what you, you did, like getting up at 4.30 in the morning. I am an absolute demon at that hour. Um, and I don't think I could have done what you did, like the two-month um, runway that you set for yourself. Like I know it, was like a, it gave you that kind of pressure hanging yeah. over your head. Um, yeah, because I think for, for me, and, and you, you kind of already have marketing. Um, it wasn't direct response, but you, ha- you were in that adjacent, world yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know coffee is this strange thing where like, you have to get in a headspace to be able for me at least to be able to, to really see what makes it tick and how to write it um, and and I needed like a long like I was I knew that I could get by the entire year if I just had my tutoring clients and it was just three students uh, I could still get by the entire year and still focus on coffee and I needed that I, I was fortunate to have that, like to be in a relaxed state of mind to, to study coffee. Yeah, um, yeah I do want to, yeah. Can sorry. I add to that? The, some other practical stuff I think too is take stock of your time. So like actually sit down and be honest with yourself of like how you're spending it each day. Because um, something I found a little later on after getting kind of my feet under me is um, we waste a lot of time doing things that we probably don't need to be doing. Um, also, transit time, if you have any kind of transit time, that 30 minutes to an hour uh, could be spent either if you're riding a train or, or bicycle or in a car or something. There's there's pockets of time that you have during the day that you could put something in. So, you know, listening to a podcast or listening to a lesson or um, I know of one of my buddies that's a copywriter, he actually will ride his bicycle around and speak and he'll, he'll record audio and that's how he writes. So he'll be doing something physical. So he, he puts stuff into that time. So I found taking stock of your time and saying, cool, I'm willing to, again, sacrifice that hour here of, you know, flipping through Instagram or uh, doing this X, Y, and Z and give it to this other thing I'm building. Um, I found that really helpful, too, is just making sure you're tracking what you're doing. Recording copy while biking. Yes. <laughs> wow. I feel like I could have saved so much time on my commute as a teacher if I I started back then. I just like yeah. talk to my phone on the way to work. That's really interesting. Um, so I wanted to circle back to what you yeah. said just now. So how did you figure it out? The, how do I turn conversations into, you know, clients? Into money, basically. Into yeah. Money. Yeah. yeah. So initially, I I'm not um, akin to sales. I don't like sales. I've never really enjoyed it. Um, but after leaving the agency, that's kind of you kind of get forced into it because you have to be basically everything for everything in your business for your client, from reaching out to sales to marketing to everything fulfillment. So the the thing that I came down to, I read a couple dozen sales books. I tried to learn as much as I could. But the one thing that helped me is just having conversations with people, identifying if and where they have problems, and if my skill sets match solving the problem. That's essentially what I boiled it down to, um, and that took like six, maybe seven months to figure out. I've tried, I, I tried all the, the sales scripts, I've tried all the, the tactics, all those tricks to get people to, to close and stuff, and it's like none of it works. But as soon as I just sat back and started asking questions and listening, and, and saying, hey, what's your problem, how can I help, here's my skill set, and think that would work, um, 
that shift of just trying to help people is what changed a lot for me and getting people to say, hey, I trust you with my money for this project. Let's try it. Wow. That's really cool. Because yeah. uh, I, I definitely struggle with that. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I need a script to... Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I've never closed a sales call. <laughs> I, I, I just... I, I, I go for job interviews, but then like I on sales calls, it's like the wild, wild west for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I... I I think it's really cool to hear that shift. I think that's super valuable to, to share. Yeah, I think uh, interviews and sales calls are really similar because mm-hmm. if, if you if you look at it, the people interviewing somebody, if you're going for a position, they're trying to find out if you can sell yourself and fit the role, right? So um, kind of this is kind of a, a blanket phrase, but everything is sales. If you look at it a certain way, is you're you're trying to persuade or convince people like I'm the right person for this, or they're the right person, they're the right person for your role that you're trying to hire for. Um, and yeah, just like, what's your problem? Can we identify? Can we define it? It's it's a lot like copywriting. It's like, what is the problem? What's the pain points? You know, can we walk through this? Um, and then asking if they want help with it, because you can't help them. So. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> you know, if I'm ever cast back into, I mean, like I, that's the one thing. Like I. I get imposter syndrome sometimes because I've ne- I've never really have freelancing uh, career experience that I, and I feel like I I I want to know if I can make it in in that and for now I won't know you know until you know maybe if I do more in this like helping teachers you know transition copywriting thing mm-hmm. but yeah I've always wondered like what your secrets are <laughs> <laughs> the the secret is keep it real simple yeah yeah. yeah. And keep it real, right? Yeah, that, that's real. how you connect it with yeah. these people. Yeah, it's it's wild how many times you get on a call and you're there to identify a problem and see if you can help them, and you end up talking about the person's dog, or their kid comes in from school, and they're like, oh, they just got home from school, sorry. And it's like, no, it's okay. What you know, what grade are they in? You know, what's the yep. whatever. Yeah. And you just connect with them. You have a, you build a rapport with them. Um, though that I believe that type of conversation actually gets more trust and they, they actually trust you with the decision as opposed to just saying, okay, I'm going to read my script. Yeah. I'm supposed to ask you this question even though you answered it two questions ago. I'm just going to ask it again. Mm-hmm. Like that that I've seen is just be human, be real. Yeah. And if you feel nervous, it's okay. And if you feel scared, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're nervous too because they're talking to a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> wow. that, that gives me a lot to think about and because I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but you're journey was different like you were with Upwork and I'm really interested to hear how you because you, you turned that into like working with an agency and then now you have like a source of leads and I think that's super cool so yeah so I um, I, I, I can't say I've gotten a lot of work from Upwork I've had a few contracts off of Upwork two that I've turned into uh, bigger and better things the first one being the ad agency that I'm partnered with right now um, they were my the first client. They, they um, applied to an Upwork post back in March of last year. It was twenty five dollars an hour to write a few emails, um, and it's like Chris said, they want clients want to talk to somebody real who's got a good personality who they feel like they can work with. Um, and so after doing one project with them, ended up doing working through Upwork for another month or two. Um, doing a couple other projects and then it turned into um, a partnership off of, off the back of that. Um, and that's a partnership that's now gone on for a, over a year now. Um, I've got through that through that one opportunity I've, I've got six clients that I'm actively working on at different levels through that account. 
Um, and then another one, the EdTech client that I'm working with now is also an Upwork, um, an Upwork client. Um, same kind of thing. They hired me to write a few emails for them. Really, really liked the work that I did. Really liked our conversations. Um, and was able to turn that into a second and a third and then um, showed both that connection and also the value I could, I could provide and then turn that into um, a three-month retainer contract. Um, so it's, it's all about connections and that's especially thinking about the, the teach, teacher turned copywriter idea is that as a teacher one of the best things you do is you build connections, yep. right? With your students, with your students' parents, with other teachers and that that doesn't go away mm-hmm. and being able to, to make the decisions we make as teachers instantaneously, the problem solving and building those connections and finding common ground, all of those are incredible assets to have whether you're a freelancer like I am or whether you are do um, more full-time work like you've done, Tanya, but being able to make that connection, whether it's in an interview or a sales call, that will never go away. That's always going to be an essential skill. And I, one of the reasons I believe that teachers do have a, a, a leg up once you get past all of the other imposter syndrome that I know we both have fought and um, the idea that I, I, I was a teacher for 12 years. What, what business do I have running a marketing campaign? Yep. Um, but it, all, it boils down. People want to work with people that they, that they, that they like. Yeah. So, um, with what, what would you say to someone who feels they're they're stuck on Upwork and and they you know uh, they want to move beyond that platform or like do what you did like in any would you, how would you put it in like in a series of uh, actions I guess. Like, to so Upwork is like a front-end offer, right? Um, most clients, good clients that are on Upwork, they're posting on Upwork to try to, because f- it's an easy way to find somebody that knows what they're doing, theoretically. Um, so if you can find a way to cut through the noise and to really put a proposal out there that shows, A, you know what you're doing, B, you can connect, and C, you're the right person for the job, and then you can get in and you can do that job, but having that forward thinking to what else could this become? Um, so like with the ad agency, for example, they wanted me to come in and actually write their own email sequence, right? They had a, they had a lead gen offer um, and they wanted me to write four or five emails that from that lead gen offer that would then book into um, sales calls for their, for, for their own clients. Um, but in conversations with the agency owner realized that they're serving all of these front-end clients on Facebook and Google Ads and they didn't have anything running email back-end. Um, it happened that some of their clients were inquiring about email at that time and was able to make that connection and then turn that into a bigger um, uh, agreement between the two of us and a, a working a partnership. Um, and then similar with the EdTech client, after writing some emails and kind of building out and got a, trying to get a vision for what they wanted to do, um, was able to propose a couple additional just strict writing gigs. Okay, we, you would, we've got this audience that we're appealing to and running to. Let's, let's create, rather than just a single email, we're better off with a five-email sequence over the two-week free trial that's going to lead them through and keep them engaged and hopefully get them from the free trial into a purchase. And then from there, it was more talking about strategy and how do we continue to operate with the end in mind. Um, so... There's going to be some clients on Upwork that it's a one-time gig. They need a couple emails written, and that's all they want. 
Um, but in many cases, people that are on Upwork, they're looking for somebody who's competent, who can do the job, and who can think bigger, and who can take, find something that needs doing, and then continue to say, okay, if you've got one thing that needs doing, you probably have other things that, that, that need doing or need improve that you can continue to build on. But having that vision and, and the foresight to go, and, and the confidence to go in and say, hey, I think we could also do this, or hey, let's try this. Yeah, yeah, I think you hit on like a really important point there, like being able to see the big picture beyond what was posted on Upwork and, and offering that value uh, to the client. I think that's really important. I mean, I, I did Upwork for like a month, um, but I think where where it differed for me was like I I did the thing where I was like hey what about we, if we did these other things too and and they weren't ready uh-huh. they were like no this is just a one time thing so um, I've done a few of those too I've done a few one times on Upwork and then a whole lot of proposals on Upwork that I heard nothing back from so it's you got to be willing to throw a lot out there um, you're not gonna do I've before I had the ad agency, I did, there were two others, a real estate thing, I wrote a handful of property descriptions for, for a guy on Facebook, and then there was something else, and a bunch of proposals that I put out there that I heard nothing back on. Um, so you've got to be willing to, to do, whether it's you're sending cold outreach, cold DMs, cold emails, making calls, building your network, doing Upwork, whatever you're doing, you, there's there's going to be a lot of work on the front end where you're, just, you're putting a lot out there. Because the more that you put out there, the better chance you have of finding something, that needle in the haystack, that one client who's, who is, who fits you, who, who's ready to do more, who can turn into something that's bigger and better. Um, but you're, you're not, if, if, you, if you do it once and find that, that amazing client on the first try, you just got really, really lucky. Yeah, yeah, you got to put in the reps. Like, right, you got to put in the reps. Like for me, in financial copywriting, I, I bugged so many people yeah. and... You know, just sending, it felt like I was sending emails out into the ether. Yeah. Uh, and even if they do respond, you know, it's that long process of like getting them on a call and yep. then whether or not it's a good fit. With, um, and with the agency, I, I, that Facebook, or sorry, that Upwork proposal, I think I submitted at the beginning of March. Um, initially heard back, it was a quick question, responded back. Uh, it was then it, well, they wanted to do a test assignment. So it was two hours. I charged them two hours for a test, a couple of test emails. Um, but the time frame, there was days and weeks in between. Like, yep. so between when I initially submitted and when we finally said, okay, yeah, let's do this, it was at least five weeks. So that follow-up to that being, staying on top of it and continuing to to work through it and to. To muddy through those waters, knowing yeah, that we're yeah. going to keep working on it. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a there's a lot you do in, in the in between that just you, you keep, like I said, putting the reps and continuing to follow up and yeah. continuing to to make those connections. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm curious about how you think Copy Chief had like how how much of a boost. Do you feel it's given like both your careers, like the community and like, yeah. the resources that we have there? Um, I think one, it's helped me here to the head trash, because <laughs> like like Ben saying, the the muddy waters and getting through those, 
um, just seeing that other people are struggling with me and also to are succeeding around me um, that was super helpful to see there is there is light at the end of the tunnel there is a there's an outcome that I like on the other side of this so I can keep working toward that um, the the other piece too is I, I can't remember who shared this with me if I if I do I'll, I'll tell you Tanya but I, I don't I don't remember who told this but um, it's always helpful to have an ideal situation you're working toward so in copy chief there are people um, around me or ahead of me in, in the game that I'm playing that I can look and see the ideal situation they're in. They, they've created the outcome that I want already. Maybe there's some minor tweaks here and there based on my lifestyle and choices and things, but like 80% of it, that's what I want. So I can see that. Once I see that out, ideal outcome, that motivated me a lot to keep working toward it, even through the tough times, even through last fall when I was down to basically 2K a month and I have one client left and I thought I was going to have to go back and get a job. And I, was I like, remember that post. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes. I was like, I am terrified I might have to go get a job because I failed. I, I couldn't do it. Um, and literally like two weeks after that, a client hit me up and then another one, then another one. And I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. This is great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the ideal situation, having somebody, you know, a week, a, a year, a couple years ahead of you doing what you want to do, um, that's what Copy Chief has given me. Um, because like uh, Chris Orzakowski, um, Russell Lachlan, people like that who came before us in Copy Chief, they're... I'm chasing them basically because they have something that I want and it's just, it's easy to see because I've already done it. And so yeah, that's, that's what I've got in those two things. Awesome. Um, I'm curious, like how did those, you said that you, you had like a moment of despair and then the clients yeah, start yeah. showing up. How did they find you? Is it from your AC? Um, it was from authority content. It was from stuff that I'd done six months prior. Um, kind of like Ben said, there's time between you asking for something and you getting something. Um, something that I did a little different. I did I never um, did Upwork, but I had a network that I tapped into. And it was family, friends, people I've worked with. I just called around and said, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Do you?" And I didn't ask them for anything. I said, do you know anybody that could use my help? And what that did is it put little postcards and messages out into the world saying, hey, Chris is doing this thing. If you know anybody, let them know. So stuff like that. Um, a coach one time told me, if you don't have work, your job is to get work. So if you're not working right now, you spend eight, nine, ten hours a day, whatever the time is, to get the work. Yep. So there's like three parts to it is work to get the work to fulfill the work. Like it's it's a whole process. Um, but yeah, it's all the stuff that I've been doing prior, authority content, talking to people, essentially asking people, hey, can I help you? And do you have this problem? I know how to solve it. So it, it takes effort. Um, it is like pushing a boulder up a hill. But once you get it over on the other side and you get some momentum, that's when things get really fun. Because then you can call somebody and say, hey, I have this thing going on. I have momentum. Do you want to join? And it just amplifies it. So. Before we go to Ben, yeah. could you talk quickly? Because you went from you know that stage to like this year you're doing amazing. Yeah. Can you share with everyone like what like? What the, that looks like? Yeah. And yeah. Then, uh, and then what what you're you're accomplishing these days? You know? Yeah. So um, roughly, well, what was that? October, November, about eight months ago, yeah, nine months ago, um, I was in a place where uh, basically was thinking I was looking at job listings, like I was going to go get a job again. Um, and from there to now, essentially what happened is I, I invested in myself. So instead of backing off and saying, okay, I'm going to go get a job, I'm going to I'm going to change direction here, I stayed on the path I was on, um, and I let my uh, fiance Leah know that hey. I might not have income in the next couple of months, but I'm not changing paths. Um, just to let you know, you like 
it might get tough for a little bit. Um, and so just having, making, making the decision and having the intent of like, I'm going to figure this out. Um, it put me in a space where it's like, I'm, there's no other option. Like I'm going, I'm going to do this. And it's, it's amazing. I see other people do that. I did it myself. And when you make a decision and you have the full intent to figure it out, yeah, it might suck for a little while and you might go through some tough things, but eventually you will figure it out. Humans are amazing, amazing creatures. Like, um, so at the time I, I, absolutely terrified absolutely terrified I, I was I didn't want to have to call my parents and say hey can I have some money I didn't want to have to call some friends and say hey can I sleep on your couch that stuff was running through the back of my head like this is going to go terrible um, but yeah uh, after getting to that head trash um, I was an accelerator with uh, Kevin Rogers and I think both of you right mm -hmm. you, yeah. yeah so both of you an accelerator put my head down started doing the work um, I was about nine months or eight months out of Chris Orsi's OPA system or OPA program and I just went all in on figuring out how to become an email list manager. Um, because also at the time I had a few other things going and I, my attention was just split everywhere. And so I said, cool, get rid of all that stuff, do this one thing, put my head down, work and figure it out. And now, um, this last month is the first month that I actually cleared uh, 20,000 in revenue, total gross. And then I'm also working on an agency deal uh, to build their email department. And that's uh, potentially, uh, it is going to be a multiple six-figure deal annually. So within the span of nine, ten months, things can be so different just by staying on the path and trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I think that's very important for everyone who's listening and, and you're feeling stuck. Because if I heard Chris's stories or like Ben's stories, you know, it would help so much. So that, that is really amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. What about you, Ben? What about Coffee Chief and like its role in your life? Uh, I'm gonna second a lot of what Chris has said. I mean, for me, having people in in my network that I'm around that have done what I want to do or where I want to be. I mean, Chris for me is a prime example. Chris is almost a year out as far as being through OPA, um, as far as doing the email game. So I look at what Chris has done now. Like that's that's where I want to be in a year, right? That's where I want to be by the end of this year, beginning of next year, um, which is huge. Having people like that that are in your circle that you say, okay, I know I can do that. The idea of making 20K or more in a month when I was in education was like, what do you think you're talking about, right? Um, that's ridiculous. Um, so there's those big things, I mean, talking like at the Knoxville, talking to a guy like Henry Bengman, who Henry's making millions of dollars yeah. through financial copywriting and promos that he had written and like having your mind expanded about what you can do, what's possible um, that's been one of the biggest things I mean, all the trainings that are there um, I look back at all the other money that I spent through trainings and through all the things learning because I was like, oh, I, all I needed was in Copy Chief, all you need is a Copy Chief yeah. yearly subscription and you can get all of the foundational copywriting trainings, resources, all you need is there. Um, so, I mean, the biggest thing for me was joining the Accelerator program because I'm somebody that, like many other introverts, I'm happy to sit on the sidelines and be the lurker on all the forums <laughs> and just read what everybody else is posting. Um, so getting into Accelerator, investing myself that way and, and being pushed to do more and, and, and put out more authority content, talk about what I'm doing more, trying to be more active in those types of, in those forums has been huge. So just being around other people that are doing what you want to do that are 
that are where you want to be, whether it's a year out or 10 years out, has been hugely powerful. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I can't add to anything uh, on there because that, that journey in Coffee Chief that they've just described is mine too. And I was looking to people like uh, Joshua Lee Henry and Carolyn and Nania in, in, in financial, you know, and, and like my favorite thing to do is just like go to their profile and read their old posts because like yep. the, their entire journey is already yeah, there yep. and like you just find the person who is kind of closest to you in terms of where you want to be and then you try to mod- like you said model it tweak it based on you know where you want to be is there anything else you would like to share with anyone who's listening what you wish uh, you had known when you were starting out if you could go back in time and tell yourself something. Um, to sign up for Copy Chief sooner. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I would have done or changed anything different. I mean, like the story that, that I told earlier, but my path from when I said, okay, I want to do something different, mm-hmm. and all of the dominoes that fell and the people that I listened to and the email, email list that I, that I was on and the podcast that I listened to, and just the way that all of that came into my life and led me from all I know is education yeah. to there's this other world out there of online digital marketing to, okay, copywriting is part of that to, okay, email copywriting and email marketing is part of that. And finding my way through that and having the time and the space to process, okay, copywriting looks fascinating. Do I want to do ads? Do I want to do VSLs? Do I want to try to figure out what a long-form sales page is. Oh, email. Oh, email I can do. There's data and email. It's smaller form. I can learn that to, to learning from guys like Ian Stanley and Rob Allen and um, Justin Goff and those those um, kind of guys that are much further down the game than, than we are. But from there and then Chris Orzakowski and, and getting into Copy Chief and getting to know the members there and then getting to know Lolita and Rachel and Kevin and everybody else is part of the accelerator. And just I don't I don't know that I would have changed anything. There's part of this of well, I wish I'd done this ten years earlier. But then again, I wouldn't have my experience in education. And, exactly. And the spark that led me to do this was my son being born and, and during the pandemic during lockdown. So there's that. Yeah, I would have changed. No, I don't know that I would have changed anything. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I would have changed anything either. The decision, of course not, because where I'm at now, I didn't imagine when I said I'm leaving this job and starting this thing called freelancing and building a business and stuff but the one thing I would have told myself then if I could is don't get it right get it done so it's something I try to I, I try to be as accurate as I possibly can and that gets in the way it slows me down a lot so that's something I'm working on I would I would try and I would try and tell myself and I, I still to this day say hey if it, it doesn't have to be accurate it needs to be done there's a lot of stuff in business that doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to. Have, it just needs to fulfill a need, and if it, fulfill, if it fulfills the need, it's good enough. Move to the next thing. Um, I honestly believe that if I could have told myself that earlier, I would have. Be, I would be a little bit further along than I am now. But that's not to say that the path I took was wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, like Ben said, everything prior to me making that decision to make the leap to go do this, um, the years of marketing, uh, construction, all the things in, in school, and all that stuff. It's. Uh, 
it's amazing to look back and connect those dots and say, wow, I was actually building up to this decision. I just yes. didn't see it yet. Yes. Right? All those dots connect backwards, and it's like, like you can start seeing the pieces come together as you look through your history. So, yeah, don't, it doesn't have to be right. It just needs to be done. And the sooner you fail, the sooner you'll learn what to do next. Yeah, I feel like we need to make a, an Instagram graphic of you and your beard and yeah. that quote. <laughs> doesn't have to be right. It just has to be done. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like a lot of people think I think I, I feel like a lot of people get stuck on there's a right answer yeah. right it's not a multiple choice quest or a, yeah. a test it's a choose your own adventure yeah. and that that realization for me the right thing that that's yeah. what switched for me when it's like it's choose your own adventure make it what you want I've been having so much fun since I realized that yeah and I, I think that's why it's so important for me to like be able to talk to you guys and share our vastly different journeys. Um, because I know I'm going to get very tired of talking to myself on this show very soon. And, and like the path you're on is the path you're on, right? None of our paths are ever going to be identical. Um, and it's, it's just great to hear that variety. So I hope that was a pithy way to like sum things up. Because I'm not Kevin Rogers and I don't know how to, to podcast. But <laughs> thank you so much for like spending the afternoon, you know, um, and letting me bug you with questions uh, and have a great rest of your, your week in uh, St. Pete I'll do, thank you alright, hit pause or stop now I wonder